listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome one, welcome all, to episode 59, All Aboard the Horror Hate Train. We'll explain what that means later. Choo-choo. And everyone's on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are going to do that. Basically, we're going to be discussing kind of the overall negative perception of horror movies in the present day um, and really kind of recently in the past few years so that's coming up in our main segment but first as always we have to give a quick shout out to sports radio detroit for hosting our show yes and you can catch them on twitter instagram and facebook that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio get it right so let's start the show with uh, what's been going on in the world of horror over the past uh, week or so. The first story is uh, an, an unfortunate one to start us off, but... I'm happy about it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because everyone likes it so much. Well, yep. Santa Clarita Diet, which has been very popular on Netflix recently, has uh, been canceled officially. So... Yay. <laughs> I haven't watched the show. I have heard great things about the show. You know, I, I do want to watch it. It's more of like a horror comedy, but I mean, it looks pretty good. I'm glad to see Drew Barrymore kind of popular again, sort of. And Timothy Oliphant always does a great job, so I don't know. Have you watched it? No, but like every fucking white girl in her mid-20s watches it, so that's why I'm like, yay. So, yeah, guys, um, I mean, let us know what you thought about it if you did see it and what what you think about the cancellation. I don't know if another network might pick it up or something, but with how popular it was, I'm sure we'll see a a petition or two. Now, on the other side of the coin, we do have a renewal of a TV show, and it is The Twilight Zone. Thank God. I haven't watched, like, the newer episodes recently, but I'm going to. I'm going to. I've been putting it off just because I bought so many goddamn movies recently, so. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you have a, a huge list of stuff, and I understand because I do, too. Just a huge backlog to watch. So I get it. But the new uh, episode I actually heard was very good. So I do need to check it out. But yeah, coming back for a second season, it's already been renewed. It's going to be on CBS All Access once again. So yeah, I mean, stay tuned for that one. We still got a few episodes of the first season to go. So yeah, don't go jump in the gun already. All right, there. Yeah. But hey, it's, it's really good so far. A lot of people seem to like it. A lot of some people seem to hate it too, but you know. We, we enjoy it. So uh, let's move on to our next story here. Uh, just some interesting news for uh, Eli Craig, who did uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Little Evil. We got a new horror comedy coming out called Bride and Doom. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> These Crypt Keeper-like metaphors, like everyone's kind of like jocking off him now. And it's, I don't know, Bride and Doom... <laughs> maybe bride and gloom you know that would have been i don't know doom is just 
I don't know. It's so fucking cliche. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe they just like couldn't think of any titles. Described as Cloverfield meets Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. What? <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> Follows a young couple struggling to hold on to their marriage during the worst possible wedding day imaginable. So, based on this description, I can only assume that they're getting married and a gigantic monster pops out of the sea or somewhere and just crashes their wedding. I hope that's what it is. Honestly, if that's what it is, I'll watch it. Unless Straight it's up. <laughs> zombies. Oh, I hope it's not really zombies. I don't know. I mean, Clover. Like, well, Doom and Doomsday, so it might be some apocalyptic shit. That's what I'm thinking. Like the like a fucking nuclear holocaust on their wedding day. Oof. I don't know. I'm still I'm still see, I'm still getting the big monster vibe. So I'm thinking that it might be some kind of like, what if it's like a big, like devil god or something like crazy like that. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah, guys, be on the lookout for uh, Pride and Doom coming from Eli Craig. I mean, so far Tucker and Dale and Little Evil were pretty good. So Little Evil was badass. Yeah, you still gotta watch Tucker and Dale because yeah, it's, it's, for some reason I haven't great. watched that shit because. I'm I'm not hip. It's it's actually funny and it's actually um well in tune with like horror tropes and cliches and stuff, you know. But okay, okay. Yeah, it's dope. So guys, let's move on and uh, announce a couple new trailers, and then we're gonna get into our first segment. So the first trailer that we have is uh, Critters Attack, and this one's coming out July 23rd on digital and Blu-ray, and it's I don't think it has anything to do with the new show, but it's a new movie in the Critters franchise, the one that's been kind of talked about. Yeah, yeah, I think it's canon to, like, the first four movies, you know, like, continuing that. And I don't know what the new binge is about, really. I've, I haven't started it yet, but this one looks kind of all right. Uh, there's a lot of teenager stuff going on, mm-hmm. which is cool, because, like, I, I didn't, like, I like when I don't see familiar faces, you know what I mean, in a horror movie, because, mm-hmm. like, I'm so sick of, like, the stereotypical, like, same five teenagers in every fucking horror movie. Like, they just pick... They have, like, ten teenagers that they just put in every, like, teenage horror movie. And it's just like, all right, that's cool and all. But I'm <laughs> tired of seeing, like, <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it, it, it's cool. I mean, I don't recognize any of these kids or any or anybody. Dee Wallace comes back, though, which is dope. Oh, that's cool, She yeah. was in the original. And now she comes back. She comes back kind of as, like, the, the Laurie Strode of of critters she's got like a gun yeah and it just looks crazy so i think it'll be pretty badass critters never really mm-hmm. i i mean i watched the first one uh for the first time in like at least 15 years recently and i fucking still loved it so yeah it's great i mean as long as they keep to you know the spirit of the original which it looks like they're gonna do they have all the practical effects it looks like it's gonna be pretty gory it's rated r so yeah well, uh, the crites yeah show us the crites yeah, I do want to see the Krites. So you're going to be able to see them in July. Be on the lookout for that one. The next trailer is for a new slasher movie, which has uh, been kind of well received in the festival circuit. It's called The Ranger, and it's coming out May 9th on Shudder. It looks pretty badass, honestly. I like that they made it look like hella retro, mm. kind of. I, look, it's it's retro in terms of like how the people are dressing, and like the type of camera I guess they're using what are they using like a 35 millimeter for this shit that's <laughs> what know. it looks like but uh the thing that these modern movies are really missing when they try to be throwback is like they'll have that old grainy look but they won't have that 80s style cinematography which kind of mm-hmm. takes away for me at least from the retro aspect like it's hard for me to like imagine this in like the 1980s when like the camera work doesn't really match up to like what you see in like you know, the Prowler and 
Night of the Demons and stuff like that. You know, it's just mm. completely different. Yeah, even like Summer of '84 didn't really kind of the House of the Devil felt like yeah that had '80s cinematography, but a lot of movies kind of failed to capture that. I guess it depends. Sometimes I think that it's intentional for it not to feel like eighty cinematography, yeah. but still have that graininess and like you know some of the effects. But so I think it really depends. This one I'd have to see the whole movie, but I do kind of agree with you, and I like that it follows like these punk rockers. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> The most about yeah. like the 80s, honestly. Well, this one uh, has those vibes, but it's actually about these uh, punk rockers who go up to a cabin in the woods. Oh. Of course, since like a retreat or something like that. It always is. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they're trying to get away from something. But anyway, this park ranger finds them and he apparently has some kind of past relationship with one of the girls. And from there, it seems like it turns into more of like a, a real like slasher movie so uh i'm into it a lot of people have said it actually was not that good oh really but again from the festival circuit it was pretty well received so i don't know the setting kind of to... the setting kind of reminded me of that movie the final terror remember yeah kind of that it really gave me those vibes and like just before dawn too mm. And yeah. I really like those movies so i think that if they can establish the setting well it'll be pretty okay but i think so i think I think it's probably a lot better than most people are trying to give it credit for because if something is going for like that 80s kind of throwback style, like there's not really much you should like expect from it that you didn't expect from like 80s flicks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Well, guys, if you have Shudder, check it out on May 9th and report back, but we may be uh, covering it in a future show. So uh, the last trailer is for a supremely pretty creepy looking uh, horror movie called The Cleaning Lady yeah uh so this chick like she's like she like suffered like an accident or whatever when she was like mm -hmm. younger her face is burnt the rest of the, her body's normal and then uh, apparently she's also crazy so yeah, yeah this movie just goes to show man treat treat people who are different like monsters otherwise <laughs> they might kill you and they're crazy yeah it it's tricky because you know basically this movie is about this cleaning lady who becomes attached seemingly to the person that she's working for. So it's either like, okay, you can be nice to them and then they're going to be like creepy and attached to you. Like that chick from, was it unfriended or friend request? Friend request. Friend request. Yeah. It's either that, or if you're like, fuck you mutant, you know, or something and just, yeah. Or, or an asshole. This to one them, looked then like, they might this one looked you like, anyway. This one looked like she just kind of like snapped for no reason. She mm. just became obsessed with, like, the chick she was working for and, like... <laughs> randomly. Just randomly kidnapped her and, mm -hmm. like, tried to, like, kill her boyfriend or whatever the fuck. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Maybe I don't she's know. a... Maybe she got the hots for her. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, I mean, that shouldn't be, like, a really taboo thing nowadays, mm -hmm. but some people still consider it. Whatever. Like, girls get hot for girls and guys like guys. I like, think she's just jealous of her. You know, you think because she's really pretty and yeah, and yada, I'm yada, sure yada. she's been like abused in her life. That's what it kind of seems like. Oh yeah, for being you know a freak, quote unquote. So, I I think that that's what might be happening, but we'll see. It does seem like it's going to be kind of psychological, but there were some cool, creepy action sequences too. So, uh, I do want to check this one out for sure. Yeah, I do too. And June fourth, oh, yeah. yeah, dude, I can't believe it's almost going to be like. Dude, our like yeah. birthdays are like two months away. What are we gonna fucking? <laughs> and one one do? more month until like Child's Play and a bunch of other movies. So, let us know what you think about all the movies that we've covered so far. 
You can uh, check us out on all the social medias, and we'll provide that a little later on. But we're going to get into our first segment, where we're going to look at a cult horror film, and that is in The Cult Corner. And in this week's Cult Corner, Semiel, we have a pretty like undiscovered classic, I feel like. And yeah, I don't think a lot of people really give this the credit it deserves mm-hmm. i mean it came out in a weird year so it was an 80s film but it came out in like 89 so mm-hmm. on the brink of like this was basically like the 80s last like here you go like yeah. goodbye 80s so i man man released in 1989 by director tibor takax i don't know how to say your name i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> but uh yeah this one was pretty cool um i feel like it's definitely kind of underlooked I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about it. It recently got a Blu-ray re-release. Yeah, about was four cool. years ago, I think. I think it was like 2015. Yeah, yep. so about four years ago. And still, I feel like pretty pretty underlooked. I had no idea about it until recently, and I just watched it very recently. And honestly, dude, this one kind of surprised me. I liked it. Yeah, it's it surprised me too because uh, what really got me about this movie was like the villain himself. Like mm-hmm. nothing else attracted me to this movie initially when I saw it. But I looked online and uh, there's this list of like movies you need, like horror movies you need to watch if you haven't. And I Mad Ben was on it, and then like saw the dude uh, with the white contacts and the needle, and like he had half a face mask, and he was pretty tall, like like fucking weird looking hair, and like. Yeah the trench coat and like dude that's all the characteristics of a great movie villain so i was like i'm sold let's check this out yeah it was pretty interesting honestly like how he came to look that way and i was attracted to it initially actually because of the whole like book angle yeah same because it's like this woman is is reading a book and all of a sudden she's seeing this weird guy and all these murders are happening and i was like okay that's cool usually when something like that is involved uh it can either be just super harebrained and shit yeah. Or it can actually be pretty interesting. And uh, I think I, Madman was definitely the latter. And I think it did a great job. You know why, though, mm. too? Because I feel like it really just kind of threw you into it and didn't really explain much. Yeah, it didn't. You it know? just, like, it kind of, like... There's almost no context, too. It's just, like, she's literally just sitting there on the couch reading a book and yeah. then shit starts happening. Yeah. You could kind of put two and two together. So it was... It was uh, it was pretty implicit, you know. It wasn't like in your face, like this is what's going on because we need to insult you and like spell it all out for you. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I feel when horror movies like explain shit like right off the bat. Like I feel hella insulted if they when they don't just let us unravel it because I mean, but most people need that, you know. They need that. Hey, this is happening because if a lot of people if they watch this movie nowadays, well they didn't explain why. So I uh, had to. That was my little preview of our rant on horror fans. But anyway, I Madman. Uh, f- it starts off kind of wacky with that fucking uh, monster with the yeah. really bad like. Is that CGI back? Is that? Oh, I, it was either CGI or just. It looked like stop motion <laughs> animation. Sometimes they do stop motion, and then they basically they they put it in in post. We'll say digital effects. We'll call yeah, them digital, digital effects. effects. So it starts off with this like digital monster and he attacks someone and mm-hmm. it looks just like the monster from like subspecies and and the exactly. gate like the same thing. Like if one of those monsters fucked the other monster yeah. and this is this is what came out. This is what came out. Yeah. They're the baby, the I madman. 
And then in retrospect, we learned that she was reading a different book. Yeah. And it was kind of like a dream. I think it did a good job. Yeah, because right off the bat, I did not know that. I thought that was going to be the movie. I was like, oh. And then like all of a sudden it changes. It's like, nope, that's a book. This one blonde chick with glasses is reading. And you're like, the fuck shit. Oh, oh, this is how they're introducing the main character. Aha. Because the character in the book looks like her. And I thought that was actually pretty clever. Yeah. Because, you know, when you read a book you're kind of putting yourself in the shoes exactly. of the main character. Maybe not if you're like opposite genders or something like yeah. that, but you could even still just pl- place yourself in there, you know? Oh yeah, it's easy. But, you know, because you want to relate and that's kind of what this movie gave gave off is, you know, she's really invested in these books, but these books might also have some kind of a, a power to them. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So uh, when she puts the first book, like finally away that she's been reading and she looks for this, uh, Another book called I Madman. It's nowhere to be found, not even at the bookstore where she works at. It's nowhere. Yeah, with her friend Mona. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, one day gets it on her front doorstep. So she just assumed Mona put it there. Mm-hmm. So she's like, all right, I'm going to start reading this. And like later on, she realizes as she's reading this book, the events are starting to happen in real life. So she thought she was, oh, I thought, <laughs> everyone thought she was kind of losing her shit and mm-hmm. this was all going to be in her imagination. But then she sees like the murder of like the, the her next door neighbor or whatever the, the pianist yeah, yeah. the yeah <laughs> pianist but <laughs> what do you want me to call him a pianist like <laughs> the guy who played the piano got killed uh, and that's when we first like I thought two things one okay she could have been imagining that and she could have just went and did it because like he lived pretty close to her and then like all that other stuff was her brain's way to try to like calm her down and be like no it's this one guy with hair and he's killing people but then as the movie unfolds you see that real life is unfolding kind of like the book is the exact same type of deaths and then we later find out so virginia she goes to malcolm brand's publisher and uh she she because she saw like that the book i madman was non-fiction yeah and the other book was like non-fiction so she goes to her, his publisher and like the publisher tells her how he was like basically in like a schizo or something and like he was convinced that all this like weird shit was like real and mm. it was like more of a happening than like a story and then yeah so that was kind of the, like the explanation scene, yeah exactly but it didn't feel like too forced because you still no. didn't really know what the fuck was going on yeah nowadays they'd like th- there would be like a 15 minute dialogue on like what's going on you know mm. like this is real this isn't a book like, okay and then once that shit happens she uh she teams up with her boyfriend the detective who works with the police and they try to you know do a sting operation on mm-hmm, yeah. on uh what's his name malcolm brand who is also dr alan kessler like it's the same guy uh even though they didn't like explicitly say it like it is the same dude you know mm-hmm. so like this character in this book is malcolm brand like this this crazy doctor who hunts these women and uh t- one thing i want to mention about this movie is that it was actually fucking creepy like mm-hmm. when he found the redhead and like he chased her down mm-hmm. like and then he was standing at the hallway and she was trying to unlock her door and then he just fucking put his foot in and injected her with some formaldehyde yeah or that was pretty creepy and then the, the other creepy scene is like when she killed the that one dude in the alley and he was just like when he was just standing there all fucking posing with like the fucking face he just cut off or the nose yeah. he just cut off that that was pretty badass yeah. i thought uh, overall like 
in creepiness i would give this movie like a nine out of ten because i was very unsettled watching this it wasn't like those cheesy 80s flicks where you're just like oh besides like when the monster showed up uh yeah who, who spoiler alert ended up being the, the monster that was responsible for his death because you remember they said they found him and it looked like mm. he'd been chewed up by like dog or something but... deus ex monster yes <laughs> basically um, dude even when he like cut the monster in half and it still came at him yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you right now the the, the whole like s- digital monster made me take like a point and a half off of this movie just because oh, it yeah. was really bad oh yeah y- they they completely could have cut that out. This That's was the this only was really pretty downfall bad. of that of I Mad Men. Yeah, honestly. not the even downfall. Like one ne- one negative thing about this movie. Yeah, it's was, just because like the the atmosphere, the the practical effects, everything else about it, other than that, was actually really well conceived and like well produced. But just that that monster was so out of place and weird. But I mean, I get why it existed because it's like supposed to be from a book. Yeah. or whatever but they could have just put something different in the book you wrote the book there's no book like this you yeah. know like you could have wrote in something else that wasn't like a digital monster but whatever that was that was like my only real gripe with this film but yeah everything else is really cool i like uh he kind of left out one creepy part i felt like where she, he like scalped that woman oh in the fucking bathroom yeah the redhead yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That but was you're her. talking about kind of like the lead up yeah i was talking about the lead up that too, wasn't but really... when he actually like did it yeah that was gross because it was pretty gory and i was like oh yeah i didn't expect it to be so gory honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> it just was i'm glad it was i mean it's cool you know it's really giving us a glimpse into like this crazy shit that's happening yeah i thought it was pretty but... badass i didn't think he was gonna scalp her though mm-hmm. but i should have figured when like he was talking about there's something brunette the mm-hmm. there's something blackhead the the bleached blonde like ah uh, good old red i was like does he want what does he want from her and then he took her fucking hair and that's mm-hmm. that's what gave him that crazy looking hair in the movie because it's not his it's just is like he, falling apart and shit yeah. and apparently he thinks he if like he cuts parts off of other people that's gonna make him look better he's like yeah let me mm. just craft myself yeah because he's obsessed <laughs> he's obsessed with the the main character who like in the book is you is know, in, like you know you know it was clever whatever in the book her name was jenny mm-hmm. and in the movie her name was virginia yeah kind of the character who plays virginia's real name is jenny oh is it? i think they did that on purpose <laughs> yeah jenny like, right i'm yeah. not jenny it's like yes you are they do do that sometimes sometimes they'll uh for whatever movie they'll just find an actor and be like oh your name's matt okay your character's name is matt yeah you know, like that's it but but yeah uh i thought that was clever i mean she obviously portrayed like both characters and when the guy presumably crossed over from the book into the movie he went after her so yeah. it, you know it's it's almost kind of like an amalgamation like that part i feel like is very dracula-esque almost mm-hmm. and him like putting himself together with new parts is very like frankenstein-esque yeah you're right it's kind of cool you know, it's definitely uh, sort of a throwback if you look at it that way, which I appreciate. But yeah, it, he was like trying to make himself look pretty for her because he cut off his like nose and ears and everything yeah. because she thought he was ugly. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of it's interesting like portrayal of obsession. And then like her, she asked her boyfriend, Richard, would you cut off your ear for me? He's like, no. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Why are you asking me this? Like, <laughs> yeah, guys. Um. That's pretty much what we think about I Man Man. Overall, I really liked it. It surprised me. Um, I wasn't expecting it. 
Dude, I thought like it was going to be bad. Yeah, I thought it was going to be bad. But well, honestly, you know why I thought it was going to be bad? Because usually when I see like a, a badass looking villain, the movie usually sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now this is a badass Sometimes. looking villain. And the movie was also badass other than the digital effects. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. I mean, I think that uh, Malcolm Brand or Dr. Kessler deserves more attention for sure. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, apart from the apart from the digital monster, this is actually like a moody, well-paced at, you know atmospheric horror movie and it had like a lot of gore it had a lot of kills which was nice and they were all pretty gory it was so, like, cool because it was want? like an atmospheric slasher mm-hmm. with like a supernatural twist Ugh, the book is real life like in the mouth of madness type shit yeah kind of like our uh cult corner pick last week superstition oh yeah you guys haven't listened to that episode you should definitely do so but yeah um that's all i have to say about i mad man definitely go check it out uh, you can buy the Blu-ray. I think it is available for rent somewhere. Yeah, you could get it off um, Amazon though. It's I think so. Not expensive. Yeah, so. you can rent it off Prime. I'm pretty sure. I think. Yeah, I I found it elsewhere, but yes, be on the lookout for it. Uh, if you come across it, I think you should definitely check it out. It might be on Tubi. I'm not sure. Just just check Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and just look for it. Yes. So guys, we're gonna get into our next segment here, but first, a couple words from some SRD shows. Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Hi, this is Jason Pinkett from Pucking Around and Spinning the Wheels on Sports Radio Detroit. Check us out every Sunday over on the SRD Hockey Feed on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's SRD Hockey in your search bar. New episodes every week. Welcome back, fiends, to our main segment, where today we're going to be discussing kind of the the overall, you know, negative perception of horror fans and just kind of people in general uh, about the genre and about, you know, new horror movies specifically. I would say from the last, like, I don't know, four or five years or so you know there's just been a lot more people i feel have been cropping up saying like oh horror is dying horror is dead you know there are no more (laughs) there are no more good like horror movies coming out stuff like that and i mean i've been seeing it online a lot so i kind of wanted to address it especially in the wake of like child's play and stuff like that you know there's always like a few movies throughout the year where (laughs) The, the really like negative hateful kind of shit just pops up and I feel like we're kind of in that mindset right now at least a lot of people are so yeah I just wanted to just wanted to talk about it yeah uh see that's the thing with horror fans um there's only like a few horror fans like on Instagram that I'll interact with because like we have like basically the same taste in movies and like mm-hmm. no matter even if like a movie's like hated and it has four out of ten on imdb like you'll find at least like 10 other people who will actually like it and be like yeah you know they uh didn't really give this one a chance you know yada 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 mm-hmm. and like those are the type of people i like uh even shitty movies like slaughterhouse massacre like mm-hmm. you could find some like good things about them you know like the atmosphere was all right it was a uh, it was probably one of the worst movies ever created but <laughs> yeah. it's still it's still like you know funny so like it gets a pass but there's some people that can't like see through that little that 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 just little little fragment that they need to see through and it's like 
dude look past the shittiness of the movie and like start paying attention to like like the stuff you like about a goddamn movie and like horror fans are so goddamn hard to please they're either like nope sucked brah or like yeah. the shittiest movie all of all time, like La Llorona. Like they'll be like, "Oh my god, it was so good! It was the best! It was so much better than the Pet Cemetery remake." Even though the Pet Cemetery remake was like mm. leaps and bounds better than I, the I original. Mean, people have been saying, you know, like, "Oh, I liked the movie. It was enjoyable. That's fine." I mean, if you like the movie, then great. You like the movie. If you hate the movie, then great. You don't like the movie, you know. But I feel like it's it's really now growing into this thing where every kind of announcement every trailer or something somebody is just gonna be like this looks like shit yeah or sucks and it's always what's like, going yeah. and, and then you click on their profile and like they can't like read past like a fifth grade level yeah. it looks well, like well you know and, i don't, don't want to get like too too personal or anything like that or just like take sides or anything but it's just true like you know there's like a good percentage of of the horror population that are like this you know they're they just kind of yeah, they, they pre-fire. <laughs> They're like, oh, this movie's going to be trash. I'm not even going to watch it. Well, if you're not even going to watch it or, like, have any type of positive reaction to it, like, I might check this out, then like if right off the you're bat, really you're closing like, yourself off. You are. Like, that's that's the definition of being closed-minded. Like, no, this movie sucks, bitch. We just released a second trailer for this movie. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, you dumb yeah. fuck? Yeah. Like, the whole Chucky thing. Let's talk about that. Uh, I think people aren't giving anything a chance because of nostalgia, and that's about it. Just because you grew up with a certain Chucky doesn't mean like that he's the best Chucky. Just because mm-hmm. he was the first, like a lot of same people will be like, "Oh, Kane Hodder's the best Jason." It's like still that's that's a hev- that's heavily opinionated and mm-hmm. sort of biased because you prefer Kane Hodder in the original movies. Yada yada yada. There's a lot of factors that uh, can attribute to why someone would or wouldn't like a horror movie, and I think most of it has to do with nostalgia because I grew up watching Child's Play. It was one of the first horror movies I ever watched besides Jason Goes to Hell. And like I loved Chucky when I was a kid and I loved Leprechaun and I love them. So like mm-hmm. honestly, uh I'm actually like a diehard fan of Chucky. So like no matter what comes out that's Chucky, I will buy it and like I will watch it. Like mm-hmm. even if it's like not to my liking, at, at least from like from the trailers and stuff like that. I'm still going to give it a chance and like root for it because it's Chucky and people mm-hmm. are like, no, it's not Chucky. It's remake Chucky. It's, it's still Chucky and it's mm-hmm. still child's play. So like we have to give stuff like that a chance. And like, that's the thing about being like, you know, critical of movies or even just having an opinion on movies and being able to review them, like without like being blinded by nostalgia and like emotions or any of that stuff that, that a lot of horror fans like have. And that's what really stops them from, from giving a valid opinion you know how they say everyone's opinion matters yes but everyone's opinion is not valid you know what i mean we all have an opinion but most people do not have a valid opinion because they can't give us an objective like critique of the movie like oh you know i not even objective you know like just be like oh i didn't like the cinematography i felt like the, the use of medium shots made it too personal with the characters for a movie that wasn't made to be taken that seriously mm-hmm. and it's like okay that type of stuff i can understand and then people can argue against that be like no i actually thought the medium blah 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 blah. it's all opinion based but like the thing is with horror fans like they do not want to give anything new a chance whether a remake or a reboot or a sequel comes out everyone's like constantly tearing it up like and trying to like destroy it before it like gets any notoriety like and that's the thing that's the thing with being a horror fan and 
if you're going to critique anything, you have to go into it with an open mind, which I think that's what uh, a lot of people need to stick with. And I think that's why a lot of horror fans are like mad because it seems like a lot of directors are directing movies in, in like a subgenre that they're just not suited for. I think that's what the problem is mainly. And uh, yeah. I think if we had more directors experimenting with like different grounds in horror, I think that would give them like a better reputation and at least a little bit more notoriety because I feel like a lot of directors are just being like lazy. Like James Wan, mm. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Enough with the supernatural shit. Okay. Like, so, so let's, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. Because yeah, I, I get everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, kind of to, to put it into a nice little box mm-hmm. is that, you know, people really have a lot of pre-bias, a lot of cognitive bias yes. about movies and yeah like i used to watch alien with my dad when i was growing up you know like that's one of my favorite movies of all time yeah if you put almost any movie up against it even a new movie and you you ask me to choose and we like alien same thing with me and halloween you know you know me i grew up with my parents and my sisters and jason so Mm -hmm. to me nothing is better than the first halloween like but but you know i think it's just counterintuitive to go around and and uh say oh this movie sucks ass before you know you've even seen it or just you know again preconceive these these notions and expectations and stuff like it's like we just said it's because it's not a new concept right it's a remake of someone's not only a movie but someone's whole entire some people's whole entire childhoods you know what i'm saying so that's what i kind of wanted to get into is the, the remakes the sequels all that stuff i feel like largely takes place in mainstream horror right yes a lot of you know the movies that hit the theaters that's like mainstream horror that's the stuff that you see a lot of sequels of and and remakes of and stuff like that and it makes complete sense obviously you know these are the big studio movies Mm -hmm. they're meant to make money but they're also the movies that i would say a large portion of the horror community the horror fan base even casual fans like casual fans and like hardcore like passionate fans you know the the real similarity there between like those two audiences is that you know they have theater horror movies yeah and that is largely like what they watch yeah you know and then that leads into uh, another thing which is you know independent movies versus mainstream movies theater movies you know, because independent movies exist. You kind of got to look for them a little harder or maybe kind of, you know, come across them on like a group or a web page or something, but they're there. And I would say over the last four or five years or something, that's not only where a lot of the division comes in, but that's where a lot of like the really good horror movies are coming. Oh yeah. You know, most definitely. I mean, we've had some, some hits for sure. Jordan Peele's movies, obviously hereditary, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, successes at the box office. Oh, yeah. but Well-deserved successes, yeah. by the way. But both of our number one movies last year was an independent horror movie. Exactly. Summer of 84. Right. Which, honestly, I don't think anything even this year is going to top it for me. Because that's probably one of the best horror slash mystery slash thriller movies, like, I've seen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. And not, not just, like, recently. Like, that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Up with, like, Terminator 2 halloween fucking hocus pocus like it's up there dude like and i mean you know that's not that hard to watch either yeah you know you could find it if you really wanted to find it but 
a lot of people really kind of stick to the theater. They won't really browse around on like Shutter or Netflix or anything like that. Or they'll just even like skip movies that oh, yeah. they think look dumb for whatever reason. So there's definitely a lot of, I think, uh, mental things that are factoring into this. I think so, yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate because I think the intentions are good. Like people want to kind of force studios and directors to to think differently to come up with more original shit to not just keep grabbing for cash etc etc but at the same time they're still going out and watching these movies and buying movies and commenting on them and just driving up the presence you know so one thing leads to another like people talking about the movie is going to make other people want to go see the movie yeah and that's just going to keep fueling the machine so or yeah you know so yeah there i feel like there is a lot that goes into it but if if you're one of those people who think like horror is dying yada yada you're not looking yeah you should really look at stuff that's streaming festivals and stuff like that and you'll find good horror the independent circuit uh honestly you you want to know the best way to find horror movies that you haven't heard of go to amazon click in the search bar and just type in horror or horror Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You'll get a lot of independent movies, which is, I think, in my honest opinion, I think horror movies should always stay independent. Like even when they have like a big theater release, I don't think like Ghost House or Blumhouse should really do like movies that are supposed to be like franchises. Like even the big franchises, like mm-hmm. The Conjuring and Insidious, keep those. But like I think the next big things in horror should be kept like. Not on the hush hush, but like, I think having a cult fan base mm. is the the most important thing because Chucky has a lot of like, Chucky has a mainstream fan base for the most part. So, of course they're gonna say like, oh this fucking sucks when they, like me, I went yeah. to go see Bride of Chucky in theaters. I went to go see Seed of Chucky in theaters, and then I bought Curse of Chucky on DVD when it came out, and then I watched Cult of Chucky when it came out like the same day on Netflix. Mm. And so like, there's like, Chucky has a lot of mainstream appeal and right now i would say chucky is mainstream even though like mm. it has a cult following but like i said if we keep horror in the independent sector and we only let talented filmmakers that's the asterisk here talented independent filmmakers like adam green handle i think adam green is the fucking future of like horror in general but not if he does he, another victor crowley but I, yeah yeah I victor crowley <laughs> victor crowley was was very lackluster but I'm going to ignore that because of like hatchets one through three were (laughs) all surprisingly just as good as each other, which is rare for a horror franchise to Mm -hmm. like pull off. Hatchet two was just as good as one. Three was just as good as two and one. And then Victor Crowley was so tame compared to like the other ones, at least like until shit started going off. I just felt like it was lackluster because like it chose to be slow burning when it didn't need to be. Yeah. But no, overall he's... He's he's a talent for sure. He's got a, a just, good mind uh, for, ju- Justin, for core and Justin Seaman. He's releasing a Seaman. They're they're, they're they're funding the barn too right now on uh, nice go uh, not GoFundMe the other one Indiegogo Indiegogo yeah that's there it. you go there you go go and then Scream Team releasing is gonna try to release it like they did mm. with originally the barn and Cherokee oh. Creek and all that stuff. So yeah. I feel like if we keep uh, if we keep things in cult circles i think it'll be fine that's how you'll find out like the true fans because like let's take evil dead for example this is why it was so successful 
it was ind- Evil Dead was independent. You know, we had Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, the trilogy, and it was a badass original trilogy. And Sam Raimi did not, like, ever, like, sell out or become, like, a huge, like, mainstream, like, you know, like, everyone knows Sam Raimi. Like, they know, like, let's say, like, you know, John Carpenter, for example. Like Nowadays, maybe a little more so, yeah, but not back in the ex- day. Exactly. Really. So, like, that's why when the Evil Dead remake came out, no one had qualms about it beforehand nor afterhand because... The people who hadn't watched the original mm. enjoyed this one because it was a good remake. And the people who were fans of the original also enjoyed it because, one, cult fans are dedicated. Even if, like, a cult movie get releases shit, they, they'll they say it was lackluster, but they'll never shit on a movie they love. Yeah, right? I went to go see the Evil Dead remake, like, four times in the theater. Dude, I saw it once. <laughs> I think I went, and I fucking love that movie. It was movie. great it was every so time. so good. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. Basically, you know, there's there's two aisles here. One is the filmmaking community itself, you know. I think, th- like you were saying, the independent scene is doing really well, but I think there still could be more variety. You yeah. know, I want to see more cool ideas, like even stuff that's coming out from, like, the, the endless filmmakers and stuff like that, you know, just these cool ideas. I want to see that. And I'd love to see more original stuff from Blumhouse. I'd love to see James Wan direct something again. I'd love to see more stuff like that. I hope Ari Aster really explodes, you know, because I mean, he's making a, original stuff. Look at Dark so. Skies, bro. That was a badass movie. Yeah. It's hella underrated, too, because of all the other supernatural shit that they do. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty kept in the dark, I feel like. And that's not even, you know, the most unique crazy idea ever it's basically an alien abduction exactly. movie but the way that they the shot everything the way that they edited it it was awesome so i agree yeah we definitely need more of that i think we also uh here's what horror has been missing a lot horror hosts yeah which need to come from the independent circuit by the way i don't want look i don't want fucking tom cruise standing on a fucking stage welcome no. horror fiends like we need some like two random guys uh for the guys who are in a podcast uh let them uh just find someone to do a horror show and like horror stories let's like let's like i'm down let's relaunch tales from the fucking crypt i will write the episode i will sit in my room and i will write out the fucking weirdest shit you can think of and try to keep it true to the original i'm saying like let's bring back like these horror show like goosebumps and fucking mm-hmm. are you afraid of the dark even though that movie's coming out yeah we just need more like because I think, I think those people are extremely important to, like, the culture of horror. Like, yeah. horror hosts were probably, like... Like, if we had a real, like, Peter Vincent vampire hunter show, and, yeah. he, and he was the host, like, that would, like... That's the thing. Like, it doesn't feel like a culture anymore. It doesn't feel, feel like a horror community. Everyone's so divided. But, like, back in the day, you know, watching Tales from the Crypt, everyone fucking watched Tales from the Crypt. That was, like... One of, like, mm-hmm. the central points of horror that would, like, keep the community. You love Tales from the Crypt? Fuck yeah, everyone loves Tales from the Crypt. And, like, the host would come on, hello, boils and ghouls. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know he's talking to the same people that watch the show every week, even the new viewers. And, like, I don't know, man. It just feels like it, there was more solidarity back in the day when we had horror hosts. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it felt like it was more important. When you have someone on, like, Elvira. Mm-hmm. Like when you had her, like welcome, yeah. she's greeting you, and like that's that's when the that's when the horror community felt like 
in solidarity when everyone was like together yeah dude we did do an episode on that and you yeah. know like joe bob's still kicking and there, there i think there's a few others around especially like local ones but i agree i mean i hope that that like continues and i think we just need you know love for horror yeah we just do. everybody so that's, right now it's just i think it's just the first thing you know when horror started going awry and like i don't want to like say there was like a trigger point but it had to have been like the subsequent release of all these paranormal cookie cutter movies i yeah i think uh at that point it just started getting very trendy and it's understandable why people were upset but yeah guys let us know what your thoughts on it we do have to wrap this segment up unfortunately and move on but i think it's a super interesting discussion and i think that there is definitely a lot of animosity in the the community right now for a lot of stuff so yeah let us know your thoughts but we're going to move on now and check out a new streaming horror film and let you know if you should watch it or if it's been chopped on this week's chopping block (laughs) and on this week's chopping block semiel we have a new movie 2018 actually to just come out on shutter called monster party monster party is basically about these uh three kids who plan to rob the, the wealthy employer of, of one of them. They're like a, a butler or something like that. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, they come uh, on the night of this get together that this family is having and everybody looks kind of weird, kind of off. And, you know, obviously they're, they're not aware that these uh, kids are planning to rob them. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the setup and that's where the conflict begins. You know, they're there with ill intentions they want to fucking rob these people and these people don't know anything about it but they look they seem kind of different you know and honestly pretty quickly you figure out why that is yeah monster party uh, the title does not give away the movie nor are we going to reveal what actually happens or the general premise of this movie Mm -hmm. we're just going to give a critical analysis in terms of technical aspects of it and how the movie delivers what it's trying to deliver Mm. and i think i really enjoyed this film uh it was super bloody at times Mm -hmm. i enjoyed the the music ball scene when the when that thing came out that was probably my favorite part honestly that that was pretty cool yeah now to to your first point i'll throw this out there because i did read a review that kind of said uh that a lot of the 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 bloody scenes and stuff were kind of unsatisfying because a lot of what was happening was off screen so how do you feel about that i feel like that actually is better because like i like when someone's like they show someone chopping at the floor but they don't show what they're chopping at and mm-hmm. there's blood squirting everywhere and those rather, noises yeah rather than just explicit like hey you know this guy's cutting this thing into pieces mm-hmm. and like i don't know i feel like when you show too much that like it's like like i said it's insulting to our intelligence if anything is spelled out or like just it's not an exploitation film you know what i mean it's not trying to like Mm -hmm. shock and awe and disturb us for no reason oh yeah sometimes stuff like that is put in specifically to be shocking like any lars von dreyer thing the house of check built or something you know like that shit is shocking but it's it I can see it, you know, so it's not like I have to imagine what's going on because, yeah, often that is much scarier. Yeah. When when it's just your imagination, when you're in your head, like, that's that's how you get afraid, you know? So, yeah, 
And obviously they showed the aftermath after like the mm. the attack. So I don't know why people, oh, the gore didn't do it for me. What, you sick fuck? You need to watch <laughs> someone get their fucking dick chopped off like every fucking second of that. I will say though that the very first scene of action where, where everything yeah. sh- hits the fucking fan. It, it's all that was cool. That, that wasn't really off screen. It was quick, but yeah. I, I liked that. And then from there, it just like, the, the momentum didn't really stop. Yeah, no, it didn't. Which it, was good. I, I really liked it. Uh, it's crazy. Do you know this film was shot in 17 days? Yeah, I read that. <laughs> That's yeah, it's pretty nuts. nuts. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, the good thing is they had one location. They used the location well. Uh, you know, it was this like humongous Malibu mansion. Cole from uh, so, Charmed is on there. Yeah, Julian McMahon all growing up. <laughs> I mean, he looked kind of old back then anyway. Now he's like way older he's a dad he's got a weird mustache that whole like goatee set me off as to like all right this guy's weird yeah something, <laughs> something, something's off about him because only like super villains have a, a goatee like that you know? yeah if you don't have sideburns like you're probably a killer <laughs> yeah probably so yeah dude i mean the, the cast was cool the characters eh. the main three like characters who i guess we were supposed to care for i didn't care about them at all that was the unfortunate thing. Julia McMahon was cool. Uh, Robin Tunney was was cool. There were a couple other people that were pretty cool. Lance Reddick was in this. He was kind of awesome as uh, sort of the de facto leader. But yeah, I just didn't really care about the characters that much. So this movie was really more of like, here's this one thing that just happened to happen. Yeah. I thought it was like an incredible coincidence that huh, they just decided to like rob a mansion that just had mm-hmm. this... I'm not going to ruin it, but you know what I mean. Like, what are the odds that they would like, that these are the type of people they would run into? You know what I mean? Uh, It's a little (laughs) ham-fisted, I feel like, and just ridiculous when you do find out what's happening. But narratively, the movie, eh, you know, I could have done with a little bit better writing. At least to make me care about the characters, because I really didn't. But once the the twist kind of happens, essentially the first act of the film, you know, shit hits the fan and the, the script kind of gets tossed out the window at that point just because it, it becomes a battle for survival kind of horror movie. Yeah. So that part of it, I don't know if I liked as much, but it was still entertaining and fun. It was. I don't know what people are complaining about. So I think that definitely raised it to a different level for me. Because I actually just liked seeing what was going to happen next, you know? Like, I, I I was anxious with anticipation, basically. Yeah, same, honestly. Uh, I didn't think it would uh, unravel the way that it did, especially with the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't expect it to end the way that it did, because it was, like, no. hella, like, Quentin Tarantino-esque, you know what I mean? You know exactly what the fuck I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just <laughs> off the fucking wall at the end, like protagonist grows a set of balls and mm-hmm. goes crazy because of a traumatic experience he's probably gonna have to register to that group soon <laughs> oh yeah i mean as far as like camera work cinematography score stuff like that goes editing it was all okay it was, it was pretty it was i can't really like say anything special about yeah any of that but nothing special but nothing bad at all like mm. i can't really say anything super critical of this movie other than the fact that like 
the characters choices uh a lot of the characters like make choices that just realistically people wouldn't make like mm-hmm. basically at one point i'm not going to spoil it too much but somebody has a gun and they don't use it right off the bat and that was like the main problem mm-hmm. and that's what set off basically like the fucking the pre-climax of the movie like right before like the whole climax of the entire thing like this this thing happens and you think the protagonist is all in the clear and nope he fucks up because he lets someone who doesn't have a gun thwart his plans i thought it was fucking that that was really the only yeah unrealistic part if anyone runs toward me while i have a gun i'm gonna like shoot them in like a split the second i see anything even move a muscle like doom like right away you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah, some of those uh obviously movie character decisions were a little ridiculous and unbelievable so I i will say that and just the fact that you know after a while you understand what this movie is and you kind of want it maybe to to do something different or for the characters to do something different it really doesn't but it, it did kind of continue to impress me uh so i will say for me this movie was not chopped if uh you're in the mood for a pretty wild ride you should definitely check this movie out yeah not chopped for me either you could find this movie on shutter or on amazon prime and mm-hmm. just or buy it from amazon honestly it's it's worth having but I'm probably not going to watch it again for a minute. Yeah, the uh, replayability, as it were, on this one, or, you know, the the rewatch potential is not super strong for me. No, not really. But for, for at, even just a one-time watch, I think it's cool. This is a good, like, weekend kind of movie to, to, to check out, or like an afternoon movie. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, guys, if you do check out Monster Party, let us know what you think. You can talk to us about everything we've discussed on the show today on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD for Twitter. And we also have a website, gravediscussions.net, where you can connect with us, check out episodes, read host bios, and much, much more. That's going to do it for episode 59. We'll see you next week. On Fright Night. No, I'm just kidding. On Grave Discussions. This has been an SRD production.